Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Hello, Stephanie. Happy Friday. How are you? It's the weekend. We record on Fridays. We don't, we, we release on different days, but we record on Fridays. So but it'll be um, good because someone will listen to this on Tuesday and we'll say it's the weekend and they'll be like, wait, wait, what day? But it's coming. It's it'll still be coming, so. <laughs> your Friday is coming. Okay. Yeah. Whenever it, you're listening to it, Friday's Friday's there. It's just, it's right there. Almost there. We have a lovely guest today with us. We are so excited to talk with her and share her story all the way from Boulder, Colorado. My niece attends school there and um, I love Boulder, Colorado. Oh my gosh. I went, I was there a couple summers ago before COVID and well, outside of Boulder, but went to see Jackson Brown at Red Rocks and oh my gosh, that was like one of the best times of my life and toured the Boulder campus actually, which was gorgeous and fabulous. And so you live in, in God's country for sure. Who are you? Time zone. podcast. <laughs> That's totally I know. Yes. Yes. So the, you that I am the person I am talking to, um, is Pam Moore and Pam and I got connected through, uh, the professional connector by the name of Nina Badson. Um, Nina is, uh, who I, I run my writing studio with and, um, and Pam and Nina are, have became writing buddies, right? Like kind of way back. And Nina is, is, is so great at connecting writers to writers, um, and that is how we orig- originally connected. Um, Pam is an occupational therapist turned award-winning health and fitness freelance writer, speaker, and podcaster. She's a regular contributor to the Washington Post and the author of There's No Room for Fear in a Burly Trailer. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> there's no room for fear in a burly trailer got to check out that book. Pam's writing has been published in The Guardian, Time, Runner's World, Outside, Self, and Forbes, among many others. She is a body positive health coach, certified personal trainer, six-time marathoner. Okay. I did one, one and done. So six. Wow. And two, a two-time Ironman finisher. Okay. This girl is no joke. She is also the host of the Real Fit podcast featuring real conversations with women athletes about body image, confidence, and more. Her mission is to let women know they are already enough. Mm. She lives in Boulder, as we said, with her husband and two daughters. Welcome, Pam Moore. We are delighted to have you. 
Julie and Stephanie, thank you so much for having me. This is like so exciting. And we have been connected for so long and it's nice to like see you face to face and nice to meet you, Stephanie. It's so nice to meet you. Excited to hear more about you and your journey. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to, to share it. So Pam, as your bio tells us all, you um, have done multiple reinventions throughout your uh, at least adult adult life. Um, and gosh, we, um, we've been doing this now. I don't know. We were 30 some episodes in and every, every guest just, it, it's, it's so interesting when we, when we ask this sort of, you know, meat of our podcast question about what reinvention means to you, which I'm going to ask. Um, but the lead up is just, it, it's, it's fascinating that, that, that one word can have so many different meanings to so many different people. And I would imagine given everything that, that you have done in the path that you've taken, um, we're going to get a real unique perspective from you as well. So, so what does reinvention mean to you, Pam? Yeah, that is an awesome question. And I, like when I think of the word reinvention, like the first thing I think of is like Clark Kent going into the phone booth and he comes out as <laughs> Superman. And maybe that's how men do it. You know, they have a different style. I don't know. But, and for me, like I can look back at all my reinventions and I see, oh, I was that. And now I'm this, but at this, but at the time it didn't feel like that at the time, it just felt like taking baby steps and kind of trusting myself and trying something, you know, you, you only know in hindsight, oh, that was the beginning of my reinvention. At the time, everything I've done, it kind of felt like, well, this is an experiment. I'm going to try this. No matter what it is for me, it's always been based on kind of knowing myself, trusting myself and trying, is, this is hard for me, but trying not to get obsessed with whether I'm going to go the right direction and look at each decision as an experiment and go, okay, I'm going to try it. And if it works, I'll keep doing it. And if it doesn't work, I can back out. Most things aren't permanent. Don't you think that's one of the hardest things for people? Like, I think, I mean, that is so powerful, right? It's like, it's all an experiment, people. Like, we're just all making it up as we go along. Like, nobody really knows, right? Like, you don't know. It's just like Pam said, you don't know you're in it. Until you're in it and then maybe beyond it. And then you can look back and say, yeah. but when you're in it, you're just, that can be a little challenging. Yeah. And, yeah, and super. yeah, I love that. I love the word experiment with coupled with the word reinvention <laughs> because it really, it really opens up so much possibility for people who, you know, there are people in that are more, you know, they like risk. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try that. And and if it doesn't work, it's okay. I'm going to just, I'm going to pivot and go. A lot of people are like, Oh, like you said, like, if I don't know what it's going to be, or if it's going to be a success, then I'm too, I'm too scared to do it. Right. But then if you look at it, like, okay, it's, it's an experiment. Like we did in science class, you know, growing up in, in grade school and high school, like, it's just an experiment. We're going to try it out. Um, I, I think that that might just give people like a permission to say, just try, right? Just, just try. Yeah. I think it takes some of the pressure off. And I have also noticed the more I 
reinvent myself, everything I do, it gets a little easier to sort of take the pressure off. Like, for example, like my most recent endeavor is this podcast that I started. And even though I had a lot of the same feelings I had with all the other, you know, reinventions, I guess I've done. I think I have a little bit more because I have more experience in trying new things. I was able to say, Hey, nobody says I have to be a podcaster for the rest of my life. I could do a season and I could decide I don't like it. And like, yeah, we're, there were definitely moments and I'm sure you're, you know, our podcaster, I'm, I think I just released like my, around my 20th episode. So we're kind of similar, mm-hmm. you know, there was definitely points where I'm like, Oh, I'm learning all this audio stuff. I'm le- there's a steep learning curve takes so much time. I do love it. And, but I'm going, is it gonna, is it gonna work? You know? And it's like, I have to let go of that and go, who cares if it works? Like, am I having fun? Am I learning? Do I have to put out an episode every week forever? No, it could be every other week. It could be every month. It could be, could be anything. So I'm just trying it and I'm loving it, but yeah, it gets easier. I think as you go. What is work? Oh, does it work? What does that even mean? Does that mean, oh, we had, you know, X number of thousands of downloads or we're, you know, getting sponsorships that, you know, to cover our costs or or make a few dollars? Like what, what, what does, what does work? What is it? it, It's working. What does that even mean? Like, you know, and, and I think that to be able to look at that and say, well, we don't know yet. Maybe this is, we're in it now. Right. And five years from now we can say, because we did that podcast, we, this, this, and this happened, or we did the podcast. It was great. And then it was done. You know, like we, we don't, we just don't know. Totally agree. Totally agree. I can tell you for me for right now, regardless of outside metrics or anything like that, I'm loving it. I'm having these amazing intentional conversations with people that I admire. I'm like, like, it's an excuse. All these like women that I've had like girl crushes on for years. And I've been too afraid to, you know, invite them to coffee or anything like that. I'm like, I have a reason to get together with them. It's so fun. I'm just loving it. And I, yeah, I agree. Like, could it lead to other opportunities? Yeah, hopefully. And if it doesn't, I'm enjoying it. Love it. I wonder if you could just talk to us. So we know about the podcast, but I want you to take us back a little bit and, and help us understand how you've gotten to some of the other places that you are currently. In the context of, we have a fair number of listeners that are trying to figure out what their next step is and for lots of reasons, haven't taken it, right? Are, are waiting for something, don't know what even the next step should be. And so, I have found that our podcast guests can be really informative and giving people tools. So I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about how you got to some of the other places and spaces you are today. Yeah, I would be happy to discuss that. The, I think as in terms of any, for anybody listening, you have to know that there is never going to be a perfect time and you are never going to feel ready. So just let go of all that. <laughs> just forget about that. If it's like an okay time, like if it's like kind of like not, not the worst time ever dive in. That's what I would say. Like set the bar low. And like, for me, a turning point, like kind of a natural transition for me was after I had my second child. So I had had a blog since 2007 and I started the blog. I was working as an occupational therapist full-time in hospitals and the blog was purely for fun. This in 2007, the internet wasn't what it is now. You couldn't just Google like how to be a freelance writer. I mean, maybe you could, I don't know. It was, you know, just, we didn't have Facebook the way we do now with the groups and all the resources. 
started my blog, started to really enjoy it, asked a good friend who was a freelance writer at the time. I said, hey, how do you break into that? It was sort of in the back of my head. Like, could I actually do this for money? And she said, your blog is cute and it's a really hard industry to break into. And that kind of knocked the wind out of my sails. And I am very careful now to be very, I try as hard as I can to be generous with other people who are starting out and let them know all the things that I had wished that I had known. And I mean, to be honest, she was right. My blog was cute. It was, it was like not good. And, but I was experimenting. It was years later that, so I, let's see, as an OT, I worked part-time after my first child was born in 2012 and in 2014, my second child was born. And at that point I was, I was starting to get my writing published, you know, doing guest posts for free or practically no money on like parenting websites. And after my second child was born, it became this turning point of like, when you look at the math of how many hours you're going to be out of the house and how much money you're actually going to earn and the stress and the headache and the expense of childcare for two children and pumping and all the rest of it it seemed kind of obvious. Like, why don't you just try this? Like really dive into freelance writing. But I have to say my husband really kind of gave me the kick in the pants that I needed. He was like, I really, really want you to do this. I, so that would be number two. Number one, don't wait for the perfect time. Number two, surround yourself with people who believe in you and see in you. I'm going to cry because I want to tell you, um, he really believed in me. He gave me when I was 37 for my 37th birthday. Um, the book you mentioned in my bio, the, in my intro, the, um, there's no room for fear in a burly trailer. My husband had collected what he thought were my best blog posts and he self-published a book of them. That's what that book is. He gave it an ISBN number. He hired a professional designer and a copy editor. I mean, it looks like a legit book. If you saw it, you wouldn't think it was self-published. And he gave me that book. <laughs> And there's actually a, a YouTube video of me opening it. I had no idea. I like pulled out the Lululemon hoodie that I had bought for myself and was like, just give this to me on my birthday. And then in the bottom of the bag was like this book. It had blurbs on it. Julie, you probably know of, don't we have a listen to your mother connection? Uh, were you in listen to your mother? Is that I how? wasn't, no? but I'm, I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan. Okay. I have a lot of friends who are in it. Okay. Well, I had produced the listen to your mother show in Boulder for many years. Um, Ann Imig, the, the creator of that whole thing, she blurbed it. A couple other writers that I admire had blurbed it. Like he got real blurbs. He got a writer friend of mine to write a forward. And that was him saying, you know, I see you as a writer. Like, even if you don't, like, I remember going to a party when I was trying to be a writer. I, st I hadn't gotten back to OT and somebody asked me, Hey, what do you do? You know, it's like a normal thing to ask somebody at a party. And like, I remember my boobs were really swollen because I needed to probably go home and breastfeed the baby. And um, I said, I was so caught off guard. I said, nothing. <laughs> and my friend who, who was hosting the party, she ran up and she goes, oh, Pam's not nothing. She goes, she's a phenomenal writer. And I was sort of mortified. Like I did not see myself as a writer, but the more I wrote and kept writing, I just kept getting my writer, writing into bigger and better markets. And I hired a coach in 2018, I think it was, and she helped me figure out how to pivot from parenting writing, which is something I'd been doing more or less by default to health and fitness writing, which is what I really love doing. And everything changed at that point. I started getting all the kinds of opportunities that I wanted and realizing that creating a niche was not actually cutting out other opportunities. It was creating tons of opportunities. Wow. wow. 
So Pam, as far as you kind of pivoting more into the fitness and that whole world and adding that to your, your writing, talk about body positivity or body positive. Um, I, I think that is, um, you know, such, there's so many powerful messages right now around that topic, which is beautiful. And yeah, talk to us a little bit about you and and your work in that area. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Well, backing up a little bit, I think when I submitted, since the time I submitted my bio to you, I've done a little more research about body positivity and the origins of it. And actually, I feel like women who show up on Instagram and they're like, oh, I have cellulite or this or that, I've kind of co-opted the term body, body positivity from the people who originally went with it or created it around like the 1970s who were larger people who were going, you know, I'm not getting jobs. I'm being stigmatized. My doctor is judging me, all these things. So I'm more about, I guess, body neutrality. Now that I've learned a little bit about it, I feel more comfortable with the term body neutrality, but the idea is simply we are so much more than our bodies. Um, like you mentioned in my intro, you know, I've done marathons, I've done Ironmans and I'm, those things gave me a lot of joy. And I found a lot of community through running and triathlon still love doing that stuff. But at that time in my life, when I did those things, I was also kind of obsessed with trying to micromanage my food and my exercise in pursuit of this smaller body that I thought would make me better. Like I thought that was somehow a sign of I'm enough, you know, cause it was, it was never really about how much I weighed or what I ate or how much I ran. It was sort of my internal dialogue of like, what do I need to do to check all the boxes to feel like I'm enough? And it's sort of like chasing the horizon. You're never going to, I mean, that was my experience. It was stressful. It was really stressful. And I, my whole life, I feel like opened up since I let go of that way of thinking. My career opened up my just, I'm happier. I'm more present because I can go to a party or a potluck or anything with food, which is basically everything and not worry. I can just go, "Hmm, I'm going to eat the things I want to eat. Not going to eat the things I don't want to eat. I'll stop when I'm full. And if I don't stop when I'm full, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Cause sometimes like that happens. Food is good. (laughs) And so I just think that so many of us are stuck putting so much energy into trying to fit into this mold of what we think we should be. And it's, it's just such a waste. And I think, you know, the majority of our listeners are, are women and I'm sure, and we could devote this whole time to, to talking about this. Mm -hmm. And I think in terms of reinvention, I mean, it's huge. You, you, you went through a reinvention in terms of how you looked at your body and food and control, you know, control, right. And, and exercise and obsessiveness and all that. And, and I love what you said that it, that reinvention opened up so many possibilities for you, you know, getting unstuck in that sort of, you know, headspace that, I mean, there's not a woman, right. I I don't think that doesn't battle on some level right? With the shoulds and how we're supposed to look and, and how, what we're supposed to eat and not eat and how much we're supposed to exercise and not, you know, it just, so I think that is just, it's a really powerful message around reinvention that, that we, we are, we're continually reinventing ourselves in a lot of areas, but sort of that 
relationship with our bodies is huge. So thank you for, for the work that you're doing in, in that space and for sharing that with us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you really outlined, I think you highlighted a key point when it comes to reinvention, it is oftentimes a whole self journey. It's not yes. just about how I'm spending my time. It is about how am I treating myself? What and what messages am I giving to myself? Because that that does inform the choices that we make. And so I think that's a really powerful message to remind people on this journey that it's a whole self journey, even if you think it's just about career. I totally agree. And I would say too, um, if it's too scary to dive into a new career or even to take baby steps into that, into that career, I would advise women who are feeling maybe a little paralyzed to experiment with doing what you're curious about and what you enjoy independent of work. Try, for example, like with the food thing, like try going, taking yourself out to lunch and ordering what you want to order instead of the salad. Unless you want to order the salad, if you want the salad, but don't order the salad because you think you should, you know, Mm -hmm. or take yourself out for a night. Don't go with a girlfriend. Don't go with your partner. Just ask yourself, what would be fun for me for three hours? Or even, you know, something I used to do that I was just thinking about. And and it's not like I don't, like I went, I biked up a huge like mountain this morning. Like I still do stuff. I'm just not as intense about, like the intention behind it is more about having fun and de-stressing than about the pressure to, oh God, I'm not enough if I don't do this. But my mind was wandering on my bike ride. And I thought, you know, before I met my husband, I used to go on these bike tours by myself and just like meet people. And I thought my kids are now old enough. They're in the second and fourth grades that like, they'd barely miss me during the week. They don't get off the bus till like three 15. I could totally do that. I'm like, I want to do that for myself. And I'm, I'm not suggesting to everyone out there, abandon your life for a week, but try it for like an hour, try it for a night, take yourself to a matinee, um, you know, wear a mask, but like do something for you, I think is a great first step just to get used to the feeling of what do I really want to do versus what do I feel like I should do? Oh, that's so such good advice. It is. You're on a roll here, Pam. And I'm going to stick with this role here because you're one of the, you're answering one of our big questions and I want to give you the opportunity to share more. But one of the things that we ask our guests to share is advice. And what it sounds like to me is that you have been like many of us, the recipient of a lot of advice, some great and applicable and some maybe not so great. And so I wonder if there are other guidelines, principles, insights that you would like to share with our listeners who might be stuck or who might be trying to figure out what's next and they're not really sure where to go or what to do. Mm, Yeah. My advice for somebody who feels stuck would be um, definitely, like I said, like just try to tune into what you're curious about. And I think giving yourself time to just be alone, not walking with a podcast or on the phone with a friend, but just walking with no noise, for example, mm-hmm. maybe if you're somebody who meditates, you know, meditate. I mean, you already know this if you, if you meditate, um, you know, just anything that you can do that's quiet, no distractions. It gives you a chance to kind of tune into your own, your own self and not so much like looking at the list of your pros and your cons for the thing. And I don't, I think there's a place for looking at the pros and cons of a decision, 
But I also think most of the time, like we, and I do this, I totally do this. I go outside of myself for the answers. I ask my sister, I ask my best friend, I ask my husband. I am selective about who I ask. Like I don't go into my Facebook groups and ask 300 people I don't know for advice typically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that can be helpful to like process through it. But at the end of the day, I am convinced the, the more time I spend on this planet, the more I think that we already know the answer. And, it, and when you're in that place of not knowing, it is so seductive to spend $3,000 on the course or the guru or the whatever, you know, the five-step plan. There is no five-step plan that's going to work for everybody. And I, and like I mentioned before, I hired a coach and I, I love her because I've known her for a long time. I'm very familiar with her work and she wasn't, she wasn't like promising me a certain income or anything crazy. She was like, I'm going to help you create a portfolio that is a bunch of assets that speaks to your mission and who you are and what you want to be known for. And then when I hired her, I was at a place where I was like, "Ah, I feel like I'm all over the place. So she helped me with that specific thing. And she was affordable, you know, but I just think it's just so easy to look to outside of yourself for answers. But if you tune in and pay attention to signs, you know, journal, I think journaling is a great tool. That's like, that's free. You just have to set aside 20 minutes, you know? Um, so many free tools out there, like journaling, silence, going for a walk to give you a chance to feel like, well, what does my body feel when I imagine myself doing path A versus path B? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people do avoid that sort of solo work because it can, it can be really scary, right? Like, because what if you get quiet? And still, and then you're like, I, I don't know. I don't hear, I don't hear that small voice. It's not there. I can't access it. Right. And I, so I think, I think to your point, like, you know, I mean, you know, Steph is, is an amazing coach. Right. So, so I think for, for those people who, and you did end up hiring a coach, I think, I think there is a space for people, the mission is the same, right? But sometimes we do need that Stephanie Pierce or whichever, whoever coach you hired to help us in that, in that quiet space, that kind of scary alone space where we might be so detached from, from there because we've been out trying to, you know, posting our questions (laughs) to on Facebook to a thousand people to get our, that we might like that we might have lost access right to to that space and so I think I love I love that advice in that direction and also there is there is a time when sometimes you do we do need to bring in somebody else to, to help us navigate that space would you agree I mean what do you think about that Yeah. I think you need to hire somebody who isn't like over-promising. You know, if they're Mm -hmm. promising, oh, you're going to make this much money. You're going to have this many new clients. You're going to have this many new followers on social media. It's like, "Mm, that seems unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Like if they're over-promising and you know, in your gut, if they are number one, number two, if it's out of your budget, don't do it. You can probably find somebody in your budget. Mm -hmm. And also like for the way my coach and I worked, she had a curriculum with I had homework and I don't know, everybody's different. I know I'm the type of person that if you give me a free course that's available to, or not free, but paid, whatever, it's available to me forever. That to me means never. I need somebody to like, say you need to show up on whatever day. So we, I had homework and we had a weekly meeting and I had to do my homework. 
I did. She asked amazing questions, but I had to do the work. You know, she asked me to, you know, make my short-term goals, make my long-term goals, but it was up to me. And, you know, we checked in about, you know, we started with, you know, what's your mission? Why? Who do you want to serve? How? Um, Oh, that's the other thing I would tell people going back to your other question about advice, instead of worrying about what if I mess this up? What if I look stupid? What if I fail? What if this is a total flop? Put that aside and instead ask, what could I do for the people that I'm hoping to serve? You know, what could they maybe learn from me? What gift or talent can I give to them? Because everybody has a gift or a talent. We mm-hmm. all have something, you know, we have that unique sparkle. And I, I really believe that we all have something unique to share. And even if you, and you can go around going, oh, but everybody else is doing this or that fine, but they're not you. They don't have your experience and your perspective, your way of speaking. There are people that are going to resonate with you. Those are your people. I think the more you can be yourself, the more your true people know that like it's a good connection and you can really reach those people. So I think flip it around, forget about, oh, what if I fail? Go, okay, if I don't do this, who might I never reach that would never get to, you know, receive what I have? I think that's right. There are there are people, and I think you've just outlined it, Pam, who need a structure and an accountability partner to get them moving. For some people, it's, I read the book and I did the first thing that the book told me to do, but then life happened. There is something different for certain people. And those are the people that, you know, I spend a lot of, t- a lot of time with that need, a, they need assignments. They need 10 other people in the room, potentially, who are going to be looking at them saying, what did you say to number two? Like, like, and that helps keep you moving is that level of accountability, I think can be really powerful for many people. But I like what you're saying. You've got to find, each person has to find what's going to work for them because it's not all the same. There are some people who can read a book or listen to a podcast um, or an audible and they're like, that's it. And now I'm moving. And then there's the rest of us that are like, wait, yeah. Bright, shiny light, right? Something else yep. and moving on. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I think that is absolutely for sure. For sure. Yeah. So Pam, can you talk about as we close here, obviously, you know, nobody's journey is like a straight line, right? Um, and everybody, you know, trips and falls on their path, usually multiple times. Yeah. Um, can you just walk us through maybe one of sort of a, one of your biggest challenges that you have faced along your journey and how you, how you navigated that? Yeah, I think, well, there's a couple, like just the general imposter syndrome of not feeling like a writer that plagued me for a long time. And I think that impacted my ability to actually do my work. Like I remember volunteering at my kids' school's book fair and I'm chatting with the other volunteer. It's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a writer. She's like, oh, I'm a writer. And I'm like, oh, cool. Who do you write for? And at the time I was writing for like stuff you've literally never heard of. And she's like, National Geographic. Um, she named a few <laughs> others. And she's like, what about you? And I was like, oh my God, I'm so mortified. Um, I just, it was, it was, but now I realize 
I was just at a certain stage in my career and she was at a certain stage in her career and that's okay. And I wish I had given myself a little more compassion in that moment of being like, look, I literally just changed careers like three years ago and I'm not a formally trained journalist. I'm just figuring this out. So that confidence thing sort of comes to mind. Also, another time I distinctly remember turned in an assignment to the Washington Post on parenting section and it was timely story. So I was getting it done quickly. And um, a couple of days later, the editor got back to me with some very kindly worded feedback. You know, she did that nice sandwich thing of like, this is great. You did a lot of good work here, but, mm-hmm. and bas- basically told me I needed to rewrite it. And every insecurity that I'd ever had in my life as a writer was like right there in that moment. Like to me, you know, like in a marriage, things get sort of loaded. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, can you take out the garbage? It's like <laughs> yes. everything on top of that. I think the layers of uh, who am I? Am I really a writer? Am I really legit? That just sort of came all at once. And um, I, I remember I read the email right before I was teaching a spin class. And at the end of the spin class, I couldn't really, I was cheerful. I was motivating. And afterward, um, my rabbi actually used to, this is pre-COVID, she used to be a regular at my spin class. And we were chit-chatting after and she was like, how are you? And I was like, I'm terrible. And we sat in the lobby of my gym and I was just hysterically crying because I was like, you know, this editor is giving me a chance. She said I could sell it somewhere else or I could um, rewrite it, but I would have to really overhaul it. And I said, and I don't know if I have the capability of doing that. I just don't know if I'm smart enough to like pull this together in a different way, what she's asking for. And she gave me a really sweet pep talk. um, And I, I did it. I redid it. And what I learned from that was like, you know, part of it was just, I was inexperienced. That's, that sometimes happens once in a while, that's just going to happen. And I think that rewriting that story for her, if anything, it just built our relationship. I wrote for her several more times after that. And I think she saw, yeah, this is a person who's willing to take feedback, willing to do the work, do it on time, do it well. And like now, you know, we have a relationship, but, um, yeah, that sucked. (laughs) That's such a good story though. That is such a good story. Thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. That, that yeah. rejection story, right? <laughs> for sure. Well, Pam, how do people find you? How do they find your book yeah. and your writing? And well, the easiest place is probably my website, which is Pam more.com. I'm active on Instagram. You can find me there at Pam more 303 on Twitter. Sometimes I'm Pam more writer. And I believe my LinkedIn profile is Pam more writer, but you can just go to my website. It's all there. And my podcast is called real fit. You can also find that on my website or Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you're going to find real fit. So that's where, and we'll, we'll put this all in the show notes for, well, for Pam, thank you so much for sharing your light with us and our listeners. This is awesome. Um, we encourage so our great. listeners to go, um, off to your website, um, to learn more. Um, thank you. I always appreciate the candor and honesty with which our guests share their stories, because I think that's what we all need. So thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. It's been a pleasure. I'm just, it was an honor to be here. Oh, thank Thank you, you, Pam, so much. Have a great fall. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter, 
And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.